Hello, everybody. And again, welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. This is Jeffrey Davis, host of Radio Entrepreneurs and chairman and CEO of Mage LLC, a management consulting firm since 1985 in the Boston area of Massachusetts. Our next guest, uh, wow, just so many topics uh, that he has. TJ Winnick, Senior Vice President, Issues Management, uh, the Issues Management Group. And also author, I'll let you tell you, let us let him tell you about our book later on, but he's going to talk about crisis practices. Welcome, TJ. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Why don't you first tell us about your background and your and the practice that you work with? Absolutely. So I work for a firm called Issues Management Group. We are a strategic communications, public affairs and digital firm based in Boston. We do have an office in New York. Uh, our teams work across sectors, but really specialize in raising the profiles and managing the reputations of clients in healthcare, real estate, corporate, mission focus, professional services, education, and cannabis. We have a robust lobbying practice as well. A lot of our work is guiding clients through complex, highly leveraged situations. Uh, we like to say that we operate at the intersection of business and public policy. And then crisis communications and issues management, which is the practice that I lead, uh, is really a core competency for our firm, uh, which we've been doing for you know at least a couple of decades now. And we work with clients everywhere along the crisis spectrum. We work with forward-thinking companies that want to build a written crisis communications plan. They want to train for the inevitable. And then uh, on the opposite side, we have calls from companies who say, there's a reporter on my front step, what do we do? So we can handle it all. And we understand that you know, this, this crisis and issues management work really demands senior level attention. And so we have a team that is cross-trained uh, in this work so that we can provide 24 seven coverage. You know, as my head is spinning, as you're talking, and I think about uh, the crisis communication plans, food industry, anything consumable, pharmaceutical, environmental. Uh, hard to believe for me that any company that is not susceptible to issues with OSHA in any way uh, or anyone would not have a crisis communication plan in place in, in the event that something would happen that they wouldn't know exactly what to do. Would you agree with that? Yeah, in fact, there was a study, Jeffrey, by a prominent PR industry trade not too long ago, and it found out that only 63% of the organizations which they polled uh, knew that they had a crisis plan and that they had trained properly uh, for the inevitable crisis that they may confront. Uh, the other percentages were a breakdown of people who thought they had a crisis plan knew there was one, but had never done any training or hadn't read it. And it's really in this day and age of a 24-7 you know, media landscape, it's, it's practically a dereliction of duty to not have a written crisis communications plan to train at least twice a year with the crisis response team, those responsible for you know, managing the operational response or the communications response, so that everybody knows what their responsibilities are, and everybody has a defined role. I mean, I would say that of all of the brands that I've studied in crisis or, or worked with, there's a small percentage that have a negative outcome because of the ego of the leader or the CEO. 
and and really the rest of the 75% is just a lack of preparation. Uh, they don't have ready to go template statements for certain scenarios uh, where they could have. And so then in the middle of a crisis, when it's stressful, when there may be, you know, an emotional situation, the brand is then expected to, you know, facilitate a, you know, adequate and efficient response, which can be really difficult, especially when you're thinking about communications and you're also thinking about more importantly, you know, are there, are there uh, lives that need to be saved? Are, is there uh, breached information that needs to be, um, you know, communicated to regulators and to customers? There's just a lot to think about. So the more you, you know, have in place ahead of time, the better off you'll be. Well, I, again, you're making my head spin. I mean, I think about litigators I know who get called in a crisis and they have to say to their clients, maybe we need a crisis communication policy again, too reactive. And then I think about that research thing that you mentioned up front. You pro there probably is this research, but I haven't seen it. Love to see it of companies who have reacted to crisis that had a communication plan in place prior, and then companies that reacted to a crisis that didn't have a plan in place. And I bet you there's a big difference in terms of how they navigated themselves through that crisis. Well, right. And the excuses for not having a plan vary, right? We all know that. Uh, it's that they don't have time. Uh, they don't have uh, the money, money. Uh, the resources at the time. But, you know, it's it, we have an expression in, in the crisis and issues management space, which is you either pay up front or you pay later. And in fact, there are many insurance companies that will help either pay for crisis communications plans to be built or they will pay for consultants like myself, like attorneys, like forensic accountants to come in after the fact um, and help with uh, a, a crisis response if, if need be. But it's something that, you know, you can get reduced rates in certain industries, again, in certain sectors and fields, if you have a written crisis communications plan because the insurance companies understand you're gonna be that much more prepared and the fallout could be, you know, significantly less if you know what you're doing, if you're training regularly, and if you can, you know, articulate your vision, your mission, and a response to the particular situation in language that's been vetted by an attorney, that's been approved by a communications professional, and that everyone in the organization feels good about. So I don't want to waste all our time. Uh on a crisis that hasn't happened yet, but you wrote a book, Reputation Capital. Can you, you can hold it up and maybe you can tell us a little sure. bit about your book. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you. So yeah, Reputation Capital is uh, from Barrett Kohler Publishers. It comes out uh, on September 20th, uh, 2022. It's available for pre-order right now. And, you know, Jeffrey, I describe it as really a collection of stories, best practices and case studies uh, it's about businesses and other organizations, um, how they should cultivate their reputation and then prepare and protect against a reputational crisis. And, and this is uh, lessons learned, I would say, over my 30 years in communications. I was a broadcast news reporter, you know this, um, for over two decades in local markets like Pittsburgh and Boston and then nationally for ABC News. And while I covered a wide variety of stories because I was a general assignment reporter, the one thread that ran through my career in journalism was 
covering brands in crisis. So companies, nonprofits, colleges and universities. And I would study while I was reporting on them, how the brands which successfully navigated a crisis handled themselves and vice versa, how those that uh, didn't handle the response so well, uh, why that led to a negative outcome. And now as a, a counselor of crisis communications and issues management, I apply those lessons learned and best practices um, to our clients' um, scenarios so that they can better, more successfully navigate their reputational crisis or issue. Because there are some hard and fast rules. In fact, one of the chapters in my book is called The 10 Crisis Commandments. Because you know the, the elements and the nature of every crisis is going to be different than another. There might be you know, two crises that seem very similar, but, you know, the individuals, the personnel at the center, um, some of the context, some of the key stakeholders, they will vary. And so no one crisis response is the same, but I believe that there are some best practices that can be, that can be leveraged in each response. Well, we don't have a lot of time left, but I'll have to say, you know, I was a marketer during the dinosaur age and, uh, you know, you, you're currently in the world and I can't even imagine what it's like to try to control the message with social marketing. That was never something I had to deal with uh, for my clients. I mean, it's not something I, I mean, it is something I talk about today, but I didn't, you know, it was a different job when I worked for marketing firms. Uh, is there, you know, just watching stuff that happened yesterday, bills passing, uh, FBI at the president's house, it's unbelievable as I opened up my browser today, all the different social, you know, messaging going on from people who are not experts. How do you, how do you, you know, weed through some of that stuff? Well, you know, I think you're touching on a couple of different elements, which I do address in the book. And one is, should a private company feel like they need to comment on social or political issues? And I think that the answer is no, they don't have to, Correct. but there are some issues. Um, I'm thinking about uh, George Floyd's murder. Um, I'm thinking certainly about COVID and the restrictions that you know, CEOs will have to speak up in some way um, about you know, what it is their organization stands for vis-a-vis -vis those topics. And it's because their key stakeholders demanded of them. And so I don't wouldn't expect any CEO to be talking about, um, you know, the the uh, warrant served at, at Miralago. But I, I do think it gets to a point which is what is the threshold for when private companies need to comment about social issues? And I think that all comes down to, you know, listening to your employees listening to your customers, your suppliers, your entire ecosystem, and then trying to surmise what it is they need to hear from you. You know, the voices on social media tend to be the most extreme. Uh, and there are ways to measure sentiment on social media so that you can determine if your brand is called out, that you can then determine, are we in a brewing crisis? Is this something that's going to blow over, right, in 48 hours? Or is this something that's going to stick with us until either there's an explanation, an apology is issued if, if warranted? Um, and so is the conversation on social media 
trending? Is it, you know, heading up? Is it heading down? Is it plateaued? All of those things can help you decide whether or not you should be talking about, you know, these issues or not. You know, I think that's a tough one as a management consultant working with leadership inside the organization on a continuous basis. Uh, that intersection of business and 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 and, va- and public value systems, I think, is tough. I think the best example uh, would be Disney over the last year with DeSantis in Florida. How I think they were very calculated at what they did, and in hindsight, I don't know if they. I, I think they probably sit around in their offices saying, "Why did we get involved with DeSantis and all this stuff?" And I'm not taking sides, but it was a mess. But I think you should come back and we can talk about that some more because that is a political, that is a dilemma for a lot of people talking about the environment. I know a lot of food companies that are concerned with the environment and uh, deal with water issues. So, uh, but before then, because we've run out of time, TJ just means we have to talk to you some more and we'll just have to continue this. If someone's looking for you, your expertise or your book, how will they find you? Um, they can find us at issuesgroup.com. That's issuesgroup.com. That's the firm's website. Uh, they can find me or they can uh, leave a message uh, for us to get back to them, which we will do um, post haste. Great. Remind everybody, this is Radio Entrepreneurs, always bringing up the tough subjects. Well, tough for me, maybe. And we will be right back after this break. <laughs> 